question, the second part of it is then, once you have run the campaign or are running the campaign, how do you measure success? Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's different metrics that people use. Uh, there's, you know, you have your impressions that run, you have uh, clicks, which, you know, traditionally has been a, a popular metric, you know, the click through yeah. rate for a campaign. Um, although, you know, we've found that the, the best metric is actually sales. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, most of what we do today is about driving consumers to an online purchasing um, place, you know, an e-commerce uh, mm. portal of some sort. Um, and in that, um, ecosystem, we're able to measure sales, right? So we can say, um, these are the sales that come off of your e-commerce cart. Um, you could be using Jane, Dutchie, Timber, you know, any of the popular e-com platforms. Um, and we're able to get signals back from those platforms and then match that up against impressions that were served. Right? So broadly speaking, right now, what we found the most success with, uh, especially with our retail partners, dispensary and delivery, is, is that actual sales. These are, you know, people that purchased, um, and we make all that available, uh, all that data available directly to our customers, either within our interface, we have a self-service platform, yeah. or um, we give the raw data directly to, um, you know, if the advertiser has a data department, right? We give them all the data and then they can go in and look at, you know, is this a new customer, returning customer, lapsed, mm -hmm. what's net new? Um, and, uh, and having that really allows advertisers to understand where they're spending their money because Advertising cannabis is very expensive, right? It's more yeah. expensive than in other industries because yeah. mo for the most part, people don't get to write it off the way a uh, uh, yeah. non-cannabis business would. So, 480, yeah. Yeah, so um, actual sales is, is the metric that we like to perform on. Okay. Um, and it's, you know, it's very approachable for, for someone, especially someone who doesn't have a lot of experience in digital marketing. It's a complex landscape. There's a lot of things that happen in between the impression and the purchase, right? We try to make it very simple. Yeah, so speaking of that, before you even launch a campaign, like what laws and compliance you need to be aware of to... Yeah, so I mean, first off, everything has to be targeted geographically, right? Okay. Because we need to serve ads within legal jurisdictions. And then in each state, there are different advertising laws, right? Yeah. So the things that you can do in California versus Colorado versus New yeah. York are all very different. Um, the approval process can be different. Um, sometimes the actual cannabis board in the given state um, has input on that. Um, and, you know, and we will, we work with MSOs as well, right? So yeah. uh, some of our MSOs, they're operating in obviously multiple states yeah. and we have to run slightly different ads in each of those jurisdictions, depending on, on what the laws are. So geography is the first one, Got it. right? That's just table stakes. Like you have to know where you're serving ads. If you're not, you're all, already out of compliance, Yeah. right? <laughs> um, now you get into like, you know, your actual goals as an advertiser, you know, brands have different types of personas that they want to connect with, right? Is it a more of a youth-oriented brand or is it more of like baby boomer brand, right? Yeah. Um, and that's where uh, uh, first or third-party data starts to come in, right? And we have, um, you know, there's a big data marketplace out there. We have our own data that, you know, we collect and we know about um, consumers and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then there is the things that we leverage um, that Smart offers us, right? So yeah. maybe Ted, you can talk about, let's say, I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, I have a, I've got a retail company and I've got like a pre-roll special that I want to run and I'm trying to get new customers, right? Yeah. Um, if you're going to talk to an advertiser like that, what are the questions that you ask? And then what tools do you bring to bear to, to fill that? Yeah. So uh, it can be, you know, very granular. It can be very open, especially when you're, you know, going after audiences. So thinking about, you know, what the brand is, what the product is, and who the target market is. So, you know, I think it's even a step 
back from that too before the campaign because you know we're talking about data that's more actionable so you know if you're launching a new product it means you've already you know launched ones in the past so you have a lot of your you know internal data your consumer data your you know the type of customer that you have um, and it's how do you make that actionable yeah. and there's a couple different ways that you can do that and how you want to target to get new customers um, and then to take that you know one step further is that maybe this product is trying to reach a different type of audience um, so you can use more behavioral data uh, on the audience that you're trying to reach and you can put a mix in of you know, other things that they like uh, or that they, you know, have shopped. So there's shopper data, there's, mm. you know, past transaction data. Uh, there's also, you know, more behavioral statistics of, you know, age, uh, demographic, uh, likes, dislikes, interest, because, you know, as much as this generation and everything moving forward is very protective over their data, yeah. there's still a lot that they put out there because it's what they're interested in. So, you know, that search intent data uh, that you can access through our platform, you know, people that are interested in your product or products that are like it, um, and then targeting those consumers. Uh, You can also target, you know, let's say if it's a product that speaks more to a millennial generation, more in the recreational space, but you're coming out with one that speaks to a uh, older generation, um, you can take traditional data, which would be more like a Nielsen demo, of like what we did with TVs and then that's your age range and then get a little bit more granular with that of the other interests and likes that they're into and deploying that and then look at the media that you would end up buying it on um, and it can be, oh, this makes sense. You know, we're targeting this person they, they're going to read this or it might come back with, oh, I didn't realize that my target consumer is actually here. Yeah. So, you know, you can deploy the data and then you can also figure out more about your audience that way. Um, but I think it's important to, to pick your data, um, based on long-term and what you're going to try to build out and who you're going to try to target. So then you can continually test and try different segments. Okay. And like, as far as, um, the reasons for collecting data, like why, why should it be a priority for a retailer to look at data sources and yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's break that apart into different pieces again, right? Okay. So we were talking about third-party data just now, yeah. right? Which is, um, what do we know about this particular consumer and what affinity they have to brands that might be adjacent to your brand, right? Like it yeah. could be, you always say, you know, people, they wear Adidas sneakers. Right? Yeah. yeah. Do you know something about your audience, about the brands that they have affinity with? And you can then go out and, and purchase audiences and, and layer that in for people that buy Adidas shoes. That's yeah. that's available, right? Yeah. Now there's a little bit of cost to that and you, you're gonna pay a data provider for that. But the idea is, is that you're targeting your impressions more you know, accurately and you have to buy fewer impressions to get to your yeah. target audience. Yeah, I, and not to, I think one thing that's really important too yeah. is that the way that I look at data is I break it into three different categories. Okay. And it's very relevant for any new brand, any industry, um, and it's built on the data that you receive, you collect, just based on you know your normal day-to-day business, yeah. or if you're actively collecting data. But there's really three groups that you want to look. You can put them in a Venn diagram, and you can keep them separate. You know, however, but you have your uh, you know existing loyal shoppers. Yeah. Uh, you have dual shoppers, and then you have you know conquesting or new. 
What are dual shoppers? Just so you can. So, you know, dual shoppers can sometimes be relevant, but um, let's say that you're in, you know, you're young, you're in a city and you go to one dispenser uh, and, you know, you sign a year lease, your lease is up, you move somewhere and there's another closer uh, dispensary. It's the same challenge that uh, any larger big box retailer has. The perfect example is, you know, New York City. People move around a lot. You have Dwayne Reed, Walgreens, CBS, and you shop at the one that's closest and nearest yeah. to you. Yeah. So Home Depot, Lowe's, guys like that have been doing this for a really long time where, you know, they look at um, location data. So they will see, you know, where your you know home is yep. and where your work is, where you spend your day. And there's a couple different ways to get that data. But if they notice that, uh, you know, your Home Depot and you notice that there's a Lowe's on their, you know, commute. Yeah. But a Home Depot is 25 miles away. For you, that's a wasted impression. So that's not worth conquesting. It's worth spending the money on your consistent loyal shopper and getting more out of that. Um, and those are that's specifically for retail. But for brand, uh, you have your you know people that are loyal to you know, we're saying they're payroll, people yeah. that are loyal to you and your brand. You know they like it, and then you have people that will buy that or they'll buy this. You know depending, and then you have people that won't buy it at all. And so your messaging and the data you use will speak differently to all of them. Yeah. And one thing that's really challenging in the cannabis market is to build brand loyalty. Um, you know, those examples of Home Depot, Lowe's, CVS, Walgreens, like they have all of this, you know, data on you, yes. they know what you're shopping, yeah. but they, they also give you something back. You, you get rewards, you get, you know, coupons all the time, uh, that cannabis brands, you know, haven't ventured into that, but it's also very hard for them to do that because yeah. each individual retailer is its own shop. It's own, you know, has its own laws too, yeah. has its own compliance. Yeah. Yeah, and as far as Jake, like as far as collecting first party data, like yeah. how can dispensaries collect that? Yeah, so that's that's available today. You know, that's one of the things that, that we do at Media Gel is we enable um, our advertisers with, you know, we have tags that go on on your site. And, yeah. you know, when people go to your site, either to, go to visit or to purchase, um, that goes into your, your first party audience data pool. And I, you know, there's this whole cookie apocalypse thing that's going on and identifiers, and we don't need to get into the technical details. It's a mess, but the outcome of that is that is that first party data it continues to become more and more valuable because it is a one to one relationship with the customer. Yeah, um, and you know you you should have a you know the appropriate cookie notification. Yeah. Um, and the handle there's, you know, CCPA, GDPR, there's a bunch of things that we can handle all of that, um, and have, you know, good, uh, be good custodians of the data, but you then own that data as a uh, brand or retailer. Um, you have a one-to-one engagement with the consumer. They've agreed to share the information with you and that bypasses all of this cookie apocalypse, yeah. uh, you know, device IDs going away, um, because you have both permission and a one-to-one relationship. Yeah. Um, and that is an asset for you. And that is, that is, and you can blend that in with your CRM data, right? So if you have email addresses or phone numbers, um, you can hash those things, you can import them in. Um, and then you, you have a tool that you can use that you own and no one else does to maintain and grow brand loyalty, which in the space, especially in the States that are getting more and more licenses out, yeah, it's becoming competitive, right? And there's, everyone's offering deals all the time. Um, and eventually, as markets mature, you can see this in other industries. Um, you do you need to have that loyal customer base, um, 
and you know this sort of you know rewards coupons is kind of beyond the scope of this but that's how you that's a tool that you can use but you can't use that if you don't know how to communicate with your consumers yeah and you can't just blast some text messages all the time right that is a that is a good tool for like direct response so there'll be there'll be fatigue yeah, yeah but you want you know you need to maintain brand awareness even with your existing customers and that's something that people that are newer to marketing i would say digital marketing come in and they're like oh i don't want to serve impressions to my existing customers and i heartily disagree with that statement right like there's everybody knows who mcdonald's good- and coca-cola are they don't stop advertising, right? Is there a good and, balance of how much of your budget you should spend to exist, you know, spend on existing customers and nurturing them? Like 80, 20, 90, 10? I don't think you can put uh, yeah. a percentage or a number oh, on okay. it. I think it really, uh, it really comes up, you know, it, it's gonna change for everybody yeah. depending on the type of product you are. But, you know, you, you never wanna forget about, you know, the people that are loyal to you. Um, the lifetime value of those customers is worth. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And especially, you know, with the dispensary, because if you look at, you know, your consistent customers that come in and, you know, that, you know, you know Joey comes in, he buys this, you know, and he spends this once a week. And everything. But, and that's great. But also how do you get more out of him? Yeah. So you want to analyze, you know, what he's buying, the products that he's buying uh, and, you know, up that percentage, you know, how do you add more to his cart? Yeah. Uh, how do you get him to try, you know, different and new products? So there's still, it, if anything, it's, you know, 50-50. I mean, you have to almost kind of look at them as two different uh, marketing strategies. Yeah, and it's really yeah. important to do the marketing mix, but like your loyal customers can also be your best asset. So oh, maybe you change the, you know, you use the data that you're getting from them and you change your messaging to your loyal customers more of like, a, you know, bringing almost bringing them into the fold you give them more informational stuff so then they're out there in market you know saying oh i like this product um and that experience too uh is built with your load because you want to turn them into your best marketing assets um but you still have to continue to drive a business and have to look for those consumers that aren't shopping with you aren't buying your product or don't know who you are yeah, those are all great points. And as far as um, prioritizing what data to track, like what what should dispensaries focus on? Like what data points specifically? I mean, you mentioned a few in the beginning. Yeah, so I mean, um, engagement, like, you know, how the frequency with which people are both engaging sort of online and also sales. You know, cannabis has a, um, for a fair amount of the customers, it's got, um, I would say an above average, like <clears throat> frequency meaning yeah. that we see a lot of customers that come in uh, to a dispensary you know, multiple times in a month, yeah. right? Which is, which is unique to, or it's not entirely unique, but it's, it's, it's more common in the cannabis space. And, you know, we see it all the way up to like, you know, on the, on the high end, we've seen some customers yeah. that were, you know, writing media campaigns for that have been in the dis- uh, one dispensary like 10 times in a month, right? Very high frequency yeah. shoppers. Getting pre-rolls <laughs> every day. Yeah. yeah, whatever it is, right? Um, so, you know, you're also, again, in the space, it is getting more competitive and, and your competition is going to be serving that. Right. So like yeah. they're going to see your competitors brand in, in most of these markets. Right. Yeah. So that's why you need to continuously um, re- reinforce your brand. And another thing about advertising to your existing customers is there's a psychological uh, benefit to when people see ads for uh, a business that they are customers of, yeah. uh, whether it's a billboard or a digital ad, it actually reinforces the legitimacy yeah. of that brand, right? Like build that trust. Yeah. Well, you build the trust in it and it has a, it, it makes you, you feel 
but there's i mean you've, you've had this before right where you see something you're like oh those are like my you know my jeans or whatever yeah. and you see the ad this is what luxury vehicles do right like yeah. mercedes bmw a large part of their media mix is about making their existing customers feel good about the purchase they made three years ago so that in two years when they make another purchase they feel like they're part of a brand they connect with right? yeah yeah uh, yeah i mean it, the brand becomes you know the culture too and and also to that you know people want to feel like you know they're buying a legitimate brand and sometimes if you're an early customer and somebody and you start to see them advertising and they're and it's validation it, validation yeah. that's the word i was looking yeah. for yeah. yeah yeah and 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 that you know everybody has you know somewhat of a trained eye like you can yeah. tell if it's a good ad or a bad ad and you're like oh wow like that was probably expensive like i'm glad that they're doing well yeah. you know exactly. and uh, that can help. And then, you know, another thing too, that I think would be interesting to hear, you know, your thoughts working on more with more and more of these companies is, you know, how important is for your loyal customer and the data that you connect, uh, collect, uh, to help build, um, shopper lookalike yeah. to help get those new, uh, customers in, um, because the data that you collect on your current customers your CRM data, uh, other things that you're pulling in that you receive that first party data, uh, how important is like shopper lookalike modeling? Yeah. So shopper lookalike modeling is interesting, you know, uh, and that does more fully answer your question, Guillermo, about what is, you know, important data. I mean, mm -hmm. pretty obvious. You want to be, uh, be able to understand whether you've got people that are buying edibles or buying flour or free rolls. Right. Yeah. Um, but then the question becomes is once you get past that basic information, what do people buy together? Right. Yeah. Like, so you bundles. You know, yeah. And so the, the look like you can, you can analyze your own data and say that, you know, we have this set of users uh, or customers and they buy this product and this product frequently together. And we have this set of customers that are buying one or the other product individually. Right. So then you can target them for um, the other product that they're not buying because you have a higher likelihood that they're going to have affinity for that. And that's where you get into like the actual creative execution. What is it that you're, offering yeah um and that's something that's important for all of this to work at all like data targeting the creative um you actually need to start with a marketing goal which a lot of people kind of forget They're like oh i want to run ads we're going to put our brand out there um but advertising and marketing works much much better when you have a end goal in mind right it's not just i wanted to get customers right yeah. this is a conversation we have sometimes e-commerce like, sales yeah. store foot traffic how many what's your what are your revenue goals and yeah. you can reverse engineer that to actually create a, a marketing budget that you you feel confident and you'll you know yeah. you'll get behind you actually hit because we run like new user acquisition campaigns separately yeah. from retention yeah. loyalty stuff that that is happening um, because the creative and the targeting is in fact different yeah yeah and I, and shopper lookalike is you know something that uh, uh, you know is a space that I came from before and um, it doesn't have to be you know the guys that really do it well are selling like big ticket items like big purchases, cars, houses, home redos, you know, like that's kind of where it started, but you can still get granular and use the playbook of shopper look like, especially, you know, in cannabis, like in a, in a much granular way, what you can do is, you know, seasonality and event-based marketing. So if you look at your shoppers and you see when they shop with you and you break up the different types of consumers, and then you look at maybe you know, two times out of the year, they spend a ton. And like, to give you an example is like, let's say you have somebody that, you know, lives here in California yeah. and you see that they normally spend, you know, $30, $40 a month. 
but then right you know i think it's in april or something yeah. They yeah. yeah or before or before or after that they spend a hundred dollars and then you and you see a couple of the same people that do that and you're like oh it's it, it, you're tracking devices and things you're like oh it's probably because they're going to coachella they're coming here to go to a concert or something mm -hmm. or even you know seasonally uh, around holidays, you know, not just like the Black Friday and stuff, but like people might buy it for you know certain reasons. So you can change your marketing mix um, to present a special message for that time. So you'll see people do it for you know like holiday sales, but in this case, you know when certain consumers are going to buy yeah. around certain times. So then you can maybe do something to get them into stores. Uh, into offers, do something more strategic around those too. But you can look at the, you know, a linear storyline of purchases throughout the year. Wonderful. And I mean, as far as maximizing return on ad spend, what would, you know, how can you use data to, to really, um, you know, maximize? Yeah. That? So on the, uh, you st I would start with the targeting side of things, right? Okay. Because if you look at the, you know, the way that we're doing digital advertising today, at the end of the day, it's an auction, right? So we're bidding on impressions that become available and there's billions of them daily. Right? Yeah. So there's a, there's a huge amount of impressions available. Um, and they're generally going to fall within a, a regular price range, right? So you're going to pay the same amount usually for an impression that is targeted, maybe there's a little data fee on there, but you're yeah. talking about maybe 10 or 20% price difference. But the idea is, is that um, you don't want to serve ads to most of the impressions that are available, right? So um, if you can be selective about the impressions that you're buying, that's the first step of, you know, taking the funnel and narrowing it down, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I mean, as far as maximizing return on ad spend, it's like you said, it's limiting the, uh, the audience that you're targeting uh, could be changing landing page copy, call to actions, uh, anything related to your website, you know, mobile device, your website needs to load fast. It needs to be clear. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, is conversion rates going to be huge. So ensuring that you have the right products that are speaking to the audience that you're targeting is another thing yeah. uh, related to the campaigns. Uh, but we're seeing, you know, it just depends on the state, but you know, anywhere between a five to a 50 return on ad spend just it varies widely even yeah. within the same uh, mso they might have 50 stores and you know it's michigan i know and illinois is doing really well in return on ad spend massachusetts california is a little more competitive so it's a little bit lower um so there's there's just a lot of opportunity there just within within campaigns um well let's let's wrap it up uh, any any remarks that you want to share and where can people follow Okay. Yeah, yeah. The last thing I would say really about data uh, and deploying and using data is, um, uh, you know, being smart about it is is easy to say, yeah. um, but data is expensive and to deploy with like a very, you know, heavy data, you know, one that's really going to work, it, it, it's expensive yeah. and it's uh, a very finite audience that you're reaching. Um, so make sure that you also have a balance within your data deployment. So okay. you want to have, you know, less expensive data and toggle between, you know, how surgical you want it to be, but have it be scalable and then have very heavily targeted too. So to cover all of those bases, um, and to really think about, you know, you know, what the focus is, but leave it open and very pointed data. Um, but 
there's a ton of data out there. We have access to a lot of really great data partners mm -hmm. that you can test, you can run with, you can see what the segments are built on and what type of inventory it's on and whether it's display, video, rich media, native, uh, connected TV, you can deploy your data there um, all in a you know, pretty easy to use platform via uh, smart. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, and just one more thing to that point, you're yeah. asking about why do you want to collect data? So um, the data that you own, your first party data that you collect for your CRM or your pixels on your site, that doesn't cost you anything, right? Yeah. That's now you own that, right? So yeah. now you don't have to pay those data fees. And, you know, we see the difference in general, like a prospecting campaign that is not a retargeting campaign versus where you're serving ads to people that have engaged before. You usually have like a 400% increase in yeah. performance, right? So it's, it's a big difference. Yeah. You, uh, you know, you get what you pay for with data. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, just ensure that you have everything on the foundation side set up with your business, your technology stack, uh, that you're collecting data from the point of sale system, e-commerce, pixels, you're at least capturing that data. So when you're ready to run a campaign, you have everything uh, set up so that you can, you know, kind of hit the ground running and, you know, don't be a, don't be afraid of, uh, launching a campaign, it doesn't cost that much money to just run a test, you know, have, you have an extra thousand dollars around, just run a pilot, test it out for a month, look at the performance, you know, analyze the data, and then just make a decision on that based on that. It's like, Hey, let's, this is a profitable channel for us and we'll expand on it. And it's just, you know, just kind of getting started is the first step. Yeah. And you'll certainly learn things too. You'll yeah. want to leave yourself room because it's good to like, you can make predictions about who you think your customers are and where they're going yeah. to be. But we have found some very interesting behavior that we did not expect from like specific pubs in specific regions that tend to drive more sales. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of pubs out there. So you do want to leave room for experimentation um, and, and figure out, you'll find out interesting things when you, when you run some media for sure. Yeah. So just check us out at mediagel.com, reach out to us, schedule a meeting. Uh, let's, let's get a demo going and let's get a campaign launch for you. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.